Good to be here. Good to see all you out. <clears throat> and I told Mandy when she came in this morning, she was a little upset and just said that she really had a rough week. And I said, well, this is the perfect place to be. And it really is. So, so thankful for that. Um, anyone with a song this morning or testimony before we get into the message? All right, if you have your Bibles, turn over to the sixth chapter of Genesis. <clears throat> you know, no, no doubt. Uh, a lot of people know about Noah's Ark, and you've seen all the toys and pictures, and I mean, there's things for <laughs> all kinds of stuff with, with Noah's Ark. I'm sure it's probably one of the most heard of stories out there. I mean, there's tons of books and decorations for bedrooms and baby showers and, and all kinds of stuff. We probably have some ourselves, you know, and then thinking as I was kind of praying and reading through this, it, it just made me think back of the 10 years that I was in Patty's uh, kids' card class with, with Rachel because she wouldn't go anywhere else. Um, and no doubt, Patty, we learned about Noah and the ark. No doubt we did. I learned all kinds of stuff from Patty in those 10 years I was in there with Rachel. And Rachel's like, it wasn't 10 years. Yes, it was 10 years. Don't let her fool you. And what's funny about that is she's actually been teaching Noah's ark for the last few weeks to her kids. So just... Uh, I don't know, it's, it's, it's good to go through some of that stuff. I think sometimes people think it's just stories, but it's not stories. It really happened. It's, it's real. So let me ask this. When you think about Noah's Ark, and this is interactive, what's the first thing you think about? When you think of the Noah and the Ark and all that? You can talk. Flood. Flood? What else? Animals. Animals? What else? People outside the ark? The ark? The ark? <laughs> it's pretty amazing how big that ark was. Uh, the rainbow. The rainbow? Yep. Yep. Two by two. Two by two? No, let's see. We're studying that. Are you? Yeah. See, it's been another 10 years, so Patty had to go over it again. Come on in. <laughs> I'd probably still learn something, Patty. But just, I don't know, I was thinking of just obedience. And this, there's all kinds of different terms that come up when I think of Noah and the ark. You know, all the animals, like Marcel said, the big boat, the big ark, the flood, you know, death of a lot of people. Deliverance, that's a good word. Deliverance of Noah and his family. And all, honestly, all of us. Because if that wouldn't have happened, God would have wiped it all out. So deliverance, that's, that's a really good one. Grace. Faith, obedience. Any, anything else that I'm not thinking of? Salvation. Salvation. Yep. These thinking. So this morning we want to take just a few minutes and, and talk about Noah's faith. Because it was pretty awesome. Um, and the, you know, just from his faith, how he had total obedience to what God asked him to do. And in that situation, I want everybody to think about it. In that situation, would you have been able to do it? Would you have had that faith to be able to go do what Noah did? 
it makes you think about it. Like if you were called to go be a missionary in some crazy land, would you be able to do it? Because God could call you to go do it. So what is faith? What is faith? You can answer it if you want. I was just going to read what Hebrews 11.1 says. The substance of things hoped for, the evidence of things not seen. The CSB version says the reality of what is hoped for, the proof of what is not seen. And you know, I probably should read chapter 6 there because that's where I was supposed to start. All right, so let's, let's read just a few verses here in chapter 6 of Genesis. Uh, it might be a little long. I don't know if I'll read all of it. Starting at the first verse. And it came to pass when men began to multiply on the face of the earth, and daughters were born unto them, that the sons of God saw the daughters of men, that they were fair, and they took them wives of all which they chose. Now, we'll stop right there. So in studying those couple of verses, and I don't know, Tony and John, or if you guys have ever looked into any of that stuff, there's like three different interpretations of who those were. Like the the daughters of men and the sons of God. And we're not going to get into all that, but all I can tell you is it wasn't good. That's all I'm going to tell you. You can look into it for yourself. There's all kinds of stuff out there. So third verse, And the Lord said, My spirit shall not always strive with man, for that he also is flesh. Yet his days shall be in hundred and twenty years. There were giants in the earth in those days. And also after that, when the sons of God came in unto the daughters of men, and they bare children to them, the same, mighty, the same became mighty men which were of old, men of renown. And God saw that the wickedness of man was great in the earth, and that every imagination of the thoughts of his heart was only evil continually. And it repented the Lord that he had made, that he had made man on the earth, and it grieved him at his heart. And the Lord said, I will destroy man whom I have created from the face of the earth, both man and beast, and creepeth thing, and the fowls of the air, for it repenteth me that I have made them. Here's the best verse right here, verse 8. But Noah found grace in the eyes of the Lord. And we could go on, but I'll just cough, so I'll stop right there. We'll probably refer back to some more there in in a little bit. So faith is not based on what you can see and feel. You know, anybody ever heard people talk about, well, if I was back in Jesus' day, I would have believed. You can't say that. Because there was a lot of people that saw Jesus that still didn't believe. Anybody ever heard that? If I would have been there, I would have been a big Jesus supporter. If I would have seen him alive, weren't there a bunch of people there that saw him that didn't believe? But it's that faith that doesn't have to see or feel things. But that God-given assurance of things not seen. <clears throat> that trust in God, that faith from Him. You know, it's a gift from Him. And we all know the story of Noah. You know how things were going so bad and wicked. And people doing all kinds of crazy things. And this was many years too. And you, know, you think, people today think, man, things are getting so bad today. But it's always been that. It's always been that way because of sin. It's always been that way. But God said no. It repented him. The evil, it repented him. He was sorry that he ever paid man. But he, it says that he was going to wipe out all of it. Man, beast, all of it. Birds. He regretted it. He was, it says he was deeply grieved. The ESV says, I will blot out man whom I have created. 
was thinking like annihilate. That's scary. It's scary stuff. But like I said, that eighth verse there, it, it talks about that amazing grace of God and how Noah found favor. He found that grace from God. So you got people that'll think, well, but why Noah? Why did Noah find grace? You know, anybody ever thought of that? Why Noah? I ask myself weird stuff like that. So <laughs> must be a preacher thing, right? <laughs> You gotta ask weird stuff like that. Why Noah? Anybody ever thought that? Why was it Noah? Why wasn't it Paul or somebody else with a weird name? Well, so if you look at verse 9 there, here's some of the answers that you'll get. It says, These are generations of Noah. Noah was a just man and perfect in his generations, and Noah walked with God. So he was a just man, he was righteous, he was blameless, he was perfect. But I don't know if that's really the reason why God found grace in him. That favor. But, I mean, believe me, I read all kinds of stuff, sermons, all kinds of stuff. And there was one sermon that was based on just that verse. But that's how God found favor in Noah. I'm like, I think we're missing something there. I think we're missing something. Because <clears throat> he was still a sinner. He was still a sinner. He still needed salvation. Then some people might think if, if you go to verse 22 there where it talks about all the stuff about you know, building the ark. Thus did Noah according to all that God commanded him, so did he. So surely it was because God knew that Noah was going to be obedient. Yep, Noah was going to be obedient. I'll find favor in him. I don't think that was it either. I don't think that was it either. You know, as I've been reading and praying this week, and does anybody ever read through the lineage parts and just kind of pass over them? Does anybody do that? I see some head shaking, yeah. I've done that a lot. Because sometimes it's just over and over and over and over. But there's a point to some of those. Probably all of them, actually. And it's so crazy how sometimes when you dig in, stuff just starts opening up. It's, it's amazing. It really is. God's amazing. So reading through the lineage in chapter 5 there, this is the lineage of Adam through Seth. I mean, there's all kinds. Um, But starting at the 21st verse there, 5th chapter. And Enoch lived 60 and 5 years and begat Methuselah. And Enoch walked with God after he begat Methuselah 300 years and begat sons and daughters. And all the days of Enoch were 360 and 5 years. And Enoch walked with God and he was not, for God took him. And Methuselah lived in 180 and 7 years and begat Lamech. And Methuselah lived after he begat Lamech 780 and 2 years and begat sons and daughters. And all the days of Methuselah were 960 and 9 years and he died. And Lamech lived 180 and 2 years and begat a son. And he called his name Noah, saying, This, shall, this same shall comfort us concerning our work and toil of our hands because of the ground which the Lord had cursed. So as I was going, you know, it was funny, like every time I kind of asked myself something or kind of questioned something, it all, God always directed me back to that lineage, that, that line of, you know, of Jesus eventually. Don't you think, because I mean, how old was Methuselah? 969. So who in this church is older than Methuselah? Kids? Where's Kennedy at? She's not in here? 
Kennedy. Who in this church is older than Methuselah? Amanda. Amanda. <laughs> she remembered. That was a good one from Children's Church. I'd ask all the kids what their ages were, and then we'd talk about Methuselah, and I'd say, who's older than Methuselah? And they'd always point to Amanda. <laughs> good job, Kennedy. You put all the boys to shame. <laughs> so don't you think, because they were alive so long, don't you think that Noah had heard about all of that? Enoch was his great-grandfather. Don't you think he had heard from Methuselah and his dad all those stories about how he was after God? Don't you think he heard that stuff? And in fact, there was all kinds of stuff in there. I don't want to get into too many crazy details. But the name Methuselah, because this is one of the things I was thinking, is were they alive? I was doing all kinds of calculations. Um, were they alive when this what happened? Anybody thought of that? Huh? They weren't. So his dad died, I think it was three years before the flood. And then Methuselah died right before the flood. And in fact, Methuselah's name was prophesied from Enoch. It was like death sent or something like that. So it was like that was telling them when it was going to happen. So you had all this stuff going on. And then you get into the part where Noah actually starts building the ark. And, and over in 2 Peter, talking about him being a preacher. So no doubt he was going daily. As he's building the ark, people are coming by like, no, what are you doing, man? Building an ark. Flood's coming. They're like, huh? What's a flood? They had never seen rain before. Anybody ever thought of that? They'd never seen rain before. So they thought, they probably thought Noah was crazy. Just like they think we're crazy sometimes. Jesus, who? Jesus is coming back. I didn't believe in him in the first place. So no doubt Noah was preaching every day as he was building. How many opportunities were passed by? I think if I remember right, no one was saved from that. Except for his family. Is that right? His family was the only one on the ark. So as I was thinking about that, I'm like, and I, preachers, I know we, we deal with this. Nobody's been saved for 30 years or whatever it is. Keep preaching. Keep preaching. Keep preaching. That's what he told me through this. Noah preached a hundred years. Nobody got saved. Nobody came to Jesus. He's still in control. He's still in control. Keep preaching. Teachers, keep teaching. You gotta keep going. <clears throat> Let me hop over to. Hebrews real quick. I think John went through this not too terribly long ago. <clears throat> Talking back about Enoch. By faith, Enoch was translated that he should not see death and was not found because God had translated him. For before his translation, he had this testimony that he pleased God. And what's it say about faith there in the next verse? Without faith, it's impossible to please him. Without faith, it's impossible to please him. I just think that's, you know, Noah heard all that. Don't you wonder sometimes if he wanted to kind of be that way? Because it said he walked and talked with God too. But God had other plans for him. God had other plans for him. 
Isn't it amazing to think that Enoch didn't die? Anybody ever think of that stuff? I, I love it. I love it. It's amazing to me that God could just take him and said so nobody could find him. You wonder if they like were searching for him and stuff. You guys think about this stuff when you prepare and preach, and it's just amazing. God's just amazing to me. And he just opens it up. He just opens it up. So it was Noah's faith that was so incredible. It was Noah's faith that made him jealous. It was Noah's faith that made him blameless. It was Noah's faith that he walked with God. All that other stuff was good, but it was his faith that was so important. In fact, that Hebrews chapter 11, verse 7 there talks about his faith. It encapsulates a lot of the the books of Genesis all into one verse. By faith, Noah being warned of God of things not seen as yet, moved with fear, prepared an ark to the saving of his house, by which he condemned the world and became heir of the righteousness which is by faith. I love that too there, how it starts with by faith and it ends with by faith. Tells me how important faith is. How important is faith to you? But faith was the reason for it all. You know what, what's amazing to me, and I don't know if we have absolutely every detail in there, but Noah never questioned God. Noah never tried to bargain with God. He never had excuses with God. God, I can't do that. I can't talk, right? I can't do this. I can't do that. He didn't have any of that. He just obeyed. It says he just obeyed. What's holding you back this morning? Several years ago, when he called me to preach, I felt like I knew nothing. I felt so unworthy. I was trying to bargain with him to do all this other stuff. I said, no, son. You obey, I got the rest. You obey, I got the rest. I think I'm still horrible. But if he can get glory from me, from standing up here to preach all these people, it's all worth it to me. It's all worth it to me. Like I said, no preach for a hundred years. I've been out a few. No excuses. Anybody else ever tried to bargain with God? Anybody ever tried to make excuses to God? I have. Well, God, what if I, what if I preach when I get to this age? I'll be more comfortable. I'll learn more. I'll be out of Patty's house for ten years. Anybody ever try to bargain with God like that? When I'm 30, I'll do it. Or is it just me? Or make every excuse in the, on earth. Well, I can't do that. I've got to work. Or I've got to do this. Or I've got to do that. Or I'm not good enough. Maybe think of Moses. I think me and Moses are very similar. Neither one of us can talk very well. We're very similar. And that can, that can be an excuse. God, I just, I'm not good in front of people. Anybody else have that? I'm not good in front of people. I can't talk. 
But like I said, God said, you be obedient and I'll take care of the rest. I'll take care of the rest. And that's exactly what Noah did here. He took care of the rest. Matthew 17, 20. Jesus is teaching about faith. It says, faith the size of a mustard seed can move mountains. What kind of faith do you think Noah had? I think he had a mustard seed and way more. But all it takes is a size of a mustard seed. It said God told him about the coming flood. Like I said, he probably didn't even know what that meant. They'd never seen rain before. And another thing I was thinking, when he said, Noah, you're going to build an ark. Did he say, I don't even know what an ark is. I don't know how to build an ark. He could have had all these excuses. I don't have material. I don't know where to go to get this. Good news. But said he was obedient. Said he was obedient. And all those other people too that never seen a raindrop before or an ark or whatever. I mean, can't you imagine how much fun they made of him? Can't you imagine what he went through? I mean, we went to a Kentucky Florida game a few weeks ago, and poor Ryan wore a Florida shirt, and people were all over him all night long. I mean, can't you imagine how bad that was for Noah? But he didn't care. He didn't care what people thought. And I think us Christians really need to take a lesson from that. We need to stop caring what people think and show them Jesus. Can't you just hear people? No, what are you doing? What are you wasting a hundred years on? Building this whatever it is. But again, they heard Noah's preaching. They seen the ark. Who said two by two? They saw the animals come through. Like, wouldn't that make you think and question things? Like, if I saw like two by two animals walking down the street, I'd be like, something's up. Wouldn't you? But no. No. But here's the thing. Can't you imagine after God shut that door, when the raindrops started, where did those people go? Right to the ark. I guarantee it, they went right to the ark. But at that point, it was too late. It was too late. Can't you imagine them banging? Don't let us in! Again, I think about that stuff. I think about that stuff. And I can't, I don't even, it doesn't say, but just imagine a Noah sitting in there listening to it. Oh, I'd really love to let them in. It's just crazy. All the opportunities that people get. All the excuses that people make. You know, another thing that I was thinking through this is when God calls you to do something for Him, He fully equips you Anybody agree with that? Amen. He fully equips you. Like I said, when he called me to preach, I'm like, oh no, there's no way. There's no way. You guys probably know. He was right. He needs to stay away. <laughs> but when he called me to preach, it scared me to death. 
But there's been so many blessings from it. I still don't think I'm very good at it. I get up here and mutter like I said. But He fully equipped me. The day that I come up here and announce my call to preach, He said He would fill my mouth. And He's not let me down since. He's not let me down since. You guys probably get tired of crying and stuff, but it's the truth. It's the truth. And I've had this on my heart for a while. That God is dealing with some people here of some stuff they've been called to do. And that's probably where this message is coming from. No doubt, people are being called to preach and teach and lead, lead mission groups and reach outs. Be like Noah and step out on faith and do it. Follow the Lord. Be obedient. He will not let you down. He will not let you down. I promise you that. That size of a mustard seed, He won't let you down. But you know, when I was called to preach, I think there's just some natural doubt there. I don't know if anyone else has dealt with that that's been called to do something. Like It's almost like, yeah, God's going to help me, but I'm kind of on my own. It's not like that at all. It's not like that at all. There's been times where it's, he's just absolutely amazed me. It'll be like, you know, I've been praying and reading about something all week, and I think you guys have probably had this too. And then on like Saturday morning, he'll put something else on your heart. And you're like, I've got to be obedient. And it's a mess, but God gets glory from it. You guys done that? It's amazing to me. God is amazing. But where's your faith this morning? That's what you've got to ask yourself. Is where's your faith? Where's your faith? Church, we've been quiet way too long. Where's your faith? Are you going to step out on faith and follow God? Where's your faith? Do you have that mustard seed like Noah? Do you have that Lord? Yes. Send me. That's what we need to have. Yes, send me. We need a mission coordinator. Yes, Lord, send me. We need more preachers and teachers. Lord, send me. That's what we need to say. And then the other side of that that you have to consider is how that ark was a symbol of salvation. You know, once God shut that door, everyone that was inside was saved from the wrath of the flood. And all that was pointing to Christ. Top. And just like that ark, the good news of Jesus makes a way for us for eternal life. And so many people struggle with that. It's either multiple ways. You know, if you're listening to Oprah, surely there's, there's multiple ways to God. The Bible said there's one way, and that's through Jesus Christ and His blood alone. There's one way. He sent His only begotten Son to die on a cruel cross of Calvary for your sins and my sins. You just have to accept it. You have to accept that you were a sinner 
And that He came to take away the sin of the world. And I think pride gets in the way. All kinds of stuff gets in the way. The excuses get in the way. But it's that easy. You just have to accept Jesus as your Lord and Savior. Just have to accept it. You know, I was thinking about that. But like the hundred years that Noah had preached and, and nobody came to the Lord. You know, there's a day coming that the Lord's going to say, time shall be no more. And when that happens, it's too late, folks. It is too late. Get right with God now. Get right with God now. When that day, when that day comes, it says every knee shall bow. Everyone will confess that Jesus is Lord. But only those that have a relationship with Him will spend an eternity with Him. Get right with Him. Get right with Him. And I've said it so many times. When that day comes, nothing else on this earth is going to matter. It's not going to matter how big your house is. It's not going to matter how big your bank account is. It's not going to matter how nice your car is. It's not going to matter how popular you are or how many friends you have. The one thing that's going to matter is if you know Jesus Christ. That is the one thing that's going to matter. And I feel like I can't say that enough. That is the only thing that's going to matter. You know, people put stock in everything else out in this world. One of these things that's going to be gone. What do you have? What do you have? I think it's probably about time to show up. Everybody's probably getting hungry, tired and crying. So this morning, I want to do a little something different. You know me, I like doing something different. So I'm going to ask the preachers and deacons to come up and stand up here this morning. You know, one of the things we've been talking a little bit about, and maybe we'll talk a little more tonight, is people coming up by themselves and how it's kind of scary and, and whatnot. If we have people up here to help pray and, and be there for people... I don't know if it'll help or not, but I, I just feel like we got to start trying some different things. So I don't know if you guys would mind coming up as we all stand and have a couple of verses of a song. If you're here this morning and you don't know Jesus, don't leave today without knowing. And if you've been called to do something, obey. Obey. You'll never regret it. I have a mic. We're up here to pray with you, whatever need you have.